Good evening, Anchorage, Alaska, the lower 48, and the rest of the world. This is Bruce Lindquist with his podcast, Wonderful Counselor. If you haven't listened to episode one, The Prayer, it's just 10 minutes, and it sets the stage for tonight's newest episode, which is called It Happened One Night. If you're willing, close your eyes. Unless you're driving, then please don't close your eyes. It's the year 1951, and it's sweltering hot in the South. If you listen with your imagination, you hear the sound of... What you hear is a sound of six little feet, followed by four furry feet. Now bring to focus a body of water bathed in moonlight, and a silhouette of three little boys running on a makeshift dock next to a lake with their trusty companion close at their heels. Then splash! The oldest boy, who's just nine years old, hits the water in a cannonball position. His name, Calvin Bobby Oakley II. His younger brothers gave up trying to say his name a long time ago. They just call him Big Bo. They're patiently on the dock waiting for him, while as patient as five and seven-year-old brothers can be. He swims over to the shallow end of the lake and says to his seven-year-old brother, Calvin Wrigley Oakley III, who is called Rig, to jump. And he does. And he brings him back to the dock. Then he calls to his five-year-old brother, Calvin Josiah Oakley IV, who they call Josh, to dive in. And he does. And he brings him safely in. Now their dog, named Shadow, a black lab, who's just waiting to take his turn, makes the bigger splash than all of them when he hits the water. Big Bo is making sure his brothers are fearless, like he learned to be. They need to know how to swim. His parents wouldn't teach them. And he had no idea how long he's going to live, given how things are at the home. He was their lifeguard in more than just one way. It was time for them to return to the house. It was after midnight. Big Bo had learned from experience that his parents would start drinking on Friday night and by midnight they were asleep, actually passed out. So this was his only time to have fun with his brothers and teach them how to survive. They slipped through the front door, found their way up the old rickety stairs, snuck back to their bedroom where they all slept in the same room with shadow ever vigilantly close by watching over them. Big Bo would get up way before his brothers, to check on his parents. Sometimes their bathrooms had vomit, and he had to clean it up before they woke up. Sometimes things were knocked over and broken. He had to clean them up or straighten it out. You see, he had learned the hard way. If Dad felt shame for his drinking, he got violent, and he wasn't very accurate with the belt. He often missed the intended target, and Big Bo had belt buckle marks on his back to prove it. Big Bo fixed breakfast and got his brothers up and fed them in shadow. Then go upstairs and clean your room and stay away from mom and dad until they're not hungover. The boys knew the drill. And and when their parents woke up around noon and started their day, it was like surf pro. The disaster never happened. Big Bo learned to read his parents. They were like a book. If his mom was sad, Dad was angry. If Dad was angry, he and his brothers were not safe. He also learned to be a medic. He could stitch up himself, and and rarely his brothers, 
because he made sure he stood between them in harm's way. He remembered when he was five. He didn't know any of this, and he made the mistake of going into his parents' bedroom and looking through their dresser drawers, just being a curious kid, and he found the bottom drawer locked. It didn't deter him, though. In fact, he liked puzzles. He wondered, where is the key? And he found it, and he was about ready to open the drawer, and his mother screamed. She put him in a corner and said, wait until your dad comes home. He had to hold himself because his mom would not let him leave that stool. He told her he had to go, but she wouldn't respond. It was like she'd left the room, but she was there. He tried to hang on, but he was just a little boy, and he peed himself. He just sat there all wet until his dad finally came home. His dad was so angry mom was hurt. That was the first time he knew he may not make it out of the house alive. His dad beat him so bad for going into their room, making his mama cry and peeing himself. His dad then took his face and rubbed it in the urine on the floor and told him to clean it up. He remembered hobbling to the bathroom to get a bucket and a mop, cleaned the floor, and then washed his clothes. The only friends he had were his brother and Shadow. But he couldn't let his brother see him like this. But you know, Shadow, it didn't matter. He remembered burying his little face in his fur. Big Bo thought, if there is a god, I bet he's a dog. The next day, Dad, who was a preacher of their small church, gave his message. They were the perfect family. Church was a time he learned to not move sitting in that pew, and he ensured his brothers understood. The people in the church thought they were the best-mannered children in the county, and his parents were raising them right. His dad preached a lot about the devil, but Big Bo thought, if there is a devil, he's not in the lake, like his parents told him. He might be in that locked dresser drawer, but no, he was in a bottle that his parents drank, because they sure turned into him when they did. Now, it wasn't all like this with his folks. On Sundays, they had family picnics. They did go on uh, out different outings, but they were warned every week. There was a monster in the lake and not to go to the water. Big Bo knew the truth. No monster there, just monsters at home. But Big Bo adapted to his parents' moods and actions. But just when he thought he had it all figured out, something changed. Mama was bathing his youngest brother and he noticed she favored one side. He recognized that because Dad would beat him more on the side when he tried to turn away from him. He waited until his brother was bathed and dressed and followed his mama at a distance. She went into the bedroom, where she was forbidden to ever enter, and peered through the keyhole in the door. Now he knew this story in the Bible about Noah and his worthless son who gazed on his nakedness when he was passed out drunk, and so the last thing he wanted to do was invite the wrath of God, who in his estimation, if he existed, was just an angry old drunk like his dad waiting to punish him. He didn't need to give him any more ammunition. As he looked, he saw her naked back. It had the same belt markings and welts his back did. The SOB, he thought. Now, he didn't know what that meant, but he heard his dad saying it a lot when he was drunk. He beat his mama. The next Friday night, he got his dad's twenty-two and took his brothers out to the lake and taught them how to shoot. He thought to himself, now he, was in the, now he had to be infantry. They learned to shoot well, 
Big Bo noticed more of a change, though, between Dad and Mom. They weren't making up as much. There was more distance between them. Not in church, of course. But they stopped having their family picnics. And apparently, Mom could only pretend so long. Big Bo knew both their schedules. So when Dad started coming home later from church, and Mom would cry more, he knew something was up. So he decided to find out where his dad was going. So he went to the church and waited for his dad, crawled in the car, and hid behind the back seat on the floor. Time to be a spy, he thought. Now he knew he was taking his life in his hands, but he had to know. It was like that key to the dresser. He was curious. Now he heard curiosity kills the cat, but he wasn't a cat. He was more like a dog. His dad got into the car and didn't see him, and drove not far, and stopped at a house Big Bo didn't recognize. He peered out the car window and saw his dad go in. He got out of the car, walked around the house, and found a window partially open with the shade draped, not quite all the way across. He peered in the window and saw his dad with another woman in bed. Bo snuck back to the car, opened his dad's Bible to the passage he had just preached earlier in church. You will reap what you sow, and sat that on the driver's seat. He then let the air out of all of his dad's tires and walked home. His dad came out of the house shocked to see the Bible open on the front seat. And the alcohol he and the woman had been drinking, it evaporated. He sure got sobered up quick. He got in the car to drive and soon realized all the tires were flat. He left the car on the side of the road, went to the service station, got his car towed, and once the air had filled up the tires and they were repaired, he was on his way home. Bo had to climb a tree, crawl on the roof, and then go through his bedroom window, but he made it undetected. Mama was downstairs watching TV, and his brothers were preoccupied with Shadow. Oh, how he loved that dog. He heard the sound of the front door and voices coming from the living room. Stay here, he said to his brothers. He looked at Shadow. Shadow understood, and kept guard, ensuring they stayed put. He crept down those rickety stairs and made his way into the kitchen where there was a place between both rooms he could hide and see what was going on. His dad and mom were talking. He was explaining why he was late. Mama said, your dinner's on the table. And he could feel the chill from her voice like someone left the freezer door open. His dad had some explaining to do and he was explaining. Four flat tires on the car, got it fixed. Been a long day. Mama went up to him, seemed to warm up a little. But if he was his dad, better the freezer than the fire he saw in her eyes when she saw the lipstick on her, his dad's collar. That's not mine, she said. And then she sniffed him like Shadow does. And her words burned like a flame. That ain't my scent. You smell like you've been with another woman. You have another woman smell all over you. Mama was just getting started. I'm going to let the church folks know what you're really like, playing all godly and all. They're going to know the truth. You're just a horror lover. He had never seen his mama so angry. His dad turned red in the face as her eyes were, and he slapped her to the floor. You ain't ever going to say anything to anyone, you hear me, woman? What you going to do, kill me? Because that's the only way they ain't ever going to not know. His dad pulled out a knife and stabbed his mama in the shoulder. That's a warning. She stood up and got in his face and said, As long as I have blood, they're going to know it. His dad slapped her to the floor again, and she got up again defiantly. Big Bowie knew he had to do something. His dad might kill his mama. 
He didn't have time to get the twenty two, so he got his dad's 12-gauge shotgun. He knew how to load it, and he did. It was much bigger than he was. And when he stepped out of the shadow of his hiding places, he said in a loud voice, Leave my mama alone, you SOB! His dad couldn't believe his eyes. His son could barely hold up the shotgun. He said, I'll deal with you later. First, your mama's going to go to heaven, as he started to bring the knife down towards her heart. And she screamed. Big Bo said, No, you devil. You're going back to hell where you belong. And he pulled the trigger. Big Bo had never fired a shotgun. The kickback sent him against the wall and his head hit. And the last thing he remembered was the sound of the metal gun hit the floor. And then all went black. Join me in episode three, which will come out next week, called The Sacrifice.